0: Family Movie Night podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. My name is Nathan, and this is episode 43, and we are discussing the Netflix uh, original animated movie that came out this year. It's available right now on Netflix called The Sea Beast. Uh, and we're excited to talk about that. But first, let me uh, introduce you to my co-host, as always, the hero of our podcast, which uh, in this case, I got to say the clear hero of this podcast is uh Maisie, uh, like what, like a nine or 10 year old girl. What do you think? Donnie?
1: I'm guessing nine or 10, uh because yeah. I don't think they'd be any older than that.
0: Yeah. So Donnie Dorsey, you're going to play Maisie, maybe one of the best heroes that we've had so far.
1: I mean, by far. I mean, because... I mean, well-spoken, very passionate, you know, and in the idea of very, very virtuous, very, like, a lot of integrity. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah, straight up, this is an advertisement for public speaking courses for your children. So, (laughs) yeah, she saves the day with a well-articulated public speech. But that's, of course, because she has to do that in the face of our villain of the podcast, uh, the uh well uh, pompous king and queen Sawyer hewlett how are you doing today
2: i'm good i'm uh i'm excited this is a
0: good movie the best part of the movie uh to me and i mean this is just spoilers at this point for the movie you know how it is on this family movie night podcast we definitely spoil everything is when the king and queen hold hands and saunter away in defeat so sawyer i can't wait to see you sauntering on this podcast
2: I doubt that's going to happen. This is, a, this is a good movie. I really liked it. Okay. How, I, I'm not going to be sauntering away from anything. This is, how, I love this movie. how skilled of a saunterer are you? I, I don't think I'm very good at it. I'm too like lanky. And so like, I can't stand on my tiptoes. And I feel like to, 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 to correctly saunter, you have to stand on your tiptoes. And that's I can true. like, not, I can't walk on my tiptoes
0: without, without falling. We're learning There's a lot like, of truths steps. here. <laughs> a lot of truths about Sawyer coming out. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are not joined by the mom of our podcast, Heidi Cooper. She just couldn't deal with the rowdiness of this crowd. She just yeah. couldn't deal. We, we're we the children, and we have just... We're going
2: so much rouse
1: today. Yeah. We're a sassy bunch here.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. All the all the Toms will be fooled. So here we go. Uh, but Donnie Dorsey, before we get to talking about the Seabees, why don't you tell them what it is we do on this podcast?
1: Yeah, so on this podcast, we encourage every family a Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories and start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that'll help you build stronger relationships.
2: Yeah, and movie nights are great opportunities to do that because movies are not just an easy way to share laughter and joy together, you know, fear and sadness in and, you know, a safe environment, but they also give us a chance to talk about what matters most to us in ways that are meaningful and memorable with our children. And on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies you could watch on your monthly movie night, but give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you could have with your children during or after the movie.
0: And as always, we are not trying to add to your list of things to do as a parent that you feel guilty of not doing. The point of this podcast is to help you as a parent, make it easier for you and your family to be together, to build memories, to have conversations about your love of Jesus and his way of life. And so uh, we want to have fun here. We're going to talk a lot about this movie, but we're also Uh, We're just going to talk about some good handles on this movie that you can kind of hold on to to have good conversations. And uh, in case you don't know about this movie, I I think a lot of people had not heard about this movie with a lot of things that get dropped on Netflix. Just like we did with uh, 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 Miller's versus the Machines, which was one of my favorite movies. Mitchell's versus the Machine. Thank you very much. Mitchell's. Mitchell's versus the machine. A lot of people had not heard of that movie. I think this fits into that same. This is another movie that was, I believe co-produced with Sony animation. Uh, and so the sea beast is about when a young girl stows away on the ship of a legendary sea monster hunter. They launch an Epic journey into uncharted waters and make history to boot. Uh, so, I'm not going to try and hold anything out. I think this movie is a lot of fun uh, and has some surprisingly emotional beats towards the end. Uh, but of course, this movie was actually suggested to me to be covered on this podcast uh, by the villain of our podcast. And maybe that's because um, the perspectives on heroes and villains change so much in this movie. Maybe you're trying to make a, a baby face turn in this is that what's happening you're trying to move Look, from a heel I'll, so I'll be honest I watched
2: this movie and uh, my gut reaction was was two things the first thing I thought was wow that was that was a lot of fun like I was surprised it just like to give my personal thoughts on the movie very briefly it kind of feels very Indiana Jones esque not or, or Pirates of the Caribbean is a better comp I think um, the it tone does it,
0: feel like a mashup between Pirates of the Caribbean how to Train Your Dragon and Moana. It kind of yeah, feels like it yeah. covers all of those bases in one kind of passage. I think thematically it's almost identical to How to Train Your Dragon. But, you know, that's yeah. like 10 years old at this point. Exactly. So it's kind of nice. I think it's 12 think years it. old at this point. Yeah, so. it,
2: it's, it's getting up there, which is crazy to think about. But I loved this movie. And the second thing I thought about was, wouldn't? easy movie to introduce a really nuanced concept to kids with like it there are definitely moments that are like kind of childish and stuff like that but like the thing is it goes over concepts that are very deep and it communicates them really really effectively by like framing it as like hey there's the sea beast and it's like it's like prototypically bad like you see this thing right you're like in the like when i was watching i was like even i was like okay it's not like the hero of the movie is it and spoiler alert it's certainly not the villain and so like right just it's really really well done the animation is stellar and yeah I, i watched it kind of just like man what a great movie to introduce kids to the idea that maybe villains aren't necessarily villains. No one is a villain in a vacuum, okay?
0: Well, and I think what's really good about this, Sawyer, this also just feels like a movie that checks all the boxes for you. It feels like child Sawyer would have been all about, I mean, oh. It's got pirates.
2: Oh, I would have watched this movie. Okay, like we would have had this DVD in like the little like gray Snap DVDs. Do you guys remember those? The, yeah. the Matrix was the first one we had. Um we had a bunch of them and I would have destroyed that box because of how many times I opened it up to watch this movie. I would have... It's got
0: pirates. It's got monsters. It's got exotic locations.
2: Dude, I would have had the toy of the Sea Beast and I would have used it for every scenario possible in my brain. like It was... Buy yeah. your kids the CB's toy. I don't know if there are toys for it, but buy your kid the CB's toy. I yeah, promise you. Netflix
0: love is it. really missing out if they have not because there's some really good toys. All the character yeah. designs are great, mm-hmm. uh, and all the monster design. That crab monster at Was one point, so cool! Such a cool looking monster, uh, yeah, and that I, one at the very beginning that has like I don't think it's a skeleton, but it's like. It's, it's the way that it's like skin looks, looks like it's, got it looks it's like skin. the
1: exoskeletons on the outside. Yes, that yeah. That thing yeah. was,
0: oh, that was so cool. I would have yeah. just been all in on this movie as a yeah.
1: kid, but the, let's see.
0: Okay.
2: Oh, I was just going to say it, it takes a few minutes to get going in the beginning, but then once it, once the adventure starts, it's, it's an A plus for me from there on.
0: So let's hear from the hero of our podcast and uh, Donnie Dorsey. I feel like this may be one of the first times. It's just as, as Sawyer's kind of making his turn to the hero. S- S- Donnie, are you going to be a villain on this podcast? Is that I mean, is that what we're I, about to hear?
1: I think I think it's the slow burn because I'm going to have to. Uh, you know, it's that it's that slow turn. It's that you see the inklings of the the heldom there, and you're like, no. No, and like you know, and you 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 hope it doesn't happen. But this movie uh kind of speaking to the point of uh what story was saying is it has a slow start. And to be honest, that slow start almost lost me, like uh at the beginning of the movie. Um, I got uh a little disengaged at different times. Um, but I will say once it did pick up, it it was able to steadily and gradually continue to like to hold my attention, but it definitely had its uh it definitely had moments where I was like I don't know if I'm going to finish this movie.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, so I will say this it is uh I am I am on board with uh this movie being really fun, really exciting. I definitely see uh Donnie's point. This movie does have a few avenues that it goes down on uh that I think are just a little uh, they weren't as necessary. This movie's close to two hours. I don't think it's right at two hours, yeah. but I think there 15, 20 minutes taken out of it would I think ha- have benefited from it. I know Sawyer agrees with that as well. That's, that's totally fair. Yeah, I I can't I can't knock that. But yeah. here's what I want to say. I think really works about this movie. I think it is one of the most gorgeous animated movies I've ever Ugh. seen. The water Ew. is Ugh. incredible in this
2: movie. The opening scene is like when i when i put it on i was honestly when i put it on i was kind of expecting it's a netflix animated movie you know it's probably not as good as Mitchells versus the machines we'll see that opening scene i was like oh i'm going to love this movie <laughs> right
0: right so i think uh, the as far as like just an action movie for kids i i'm tr- i'm struggling to think of a movie that does set pieces as well as an animated action movie that does set pieces spider-man this into well.
2: the spider verse does pretty well.
0: I don't think as good as this. I love Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I can't think of like a set piece, an action piece in that movie that I would go, oh, that has some of the coolest shots I've ever seen. This movie, what does it so incredibly well to me is each set piece is shot differently, looks different, is a different kind of one. So we start the movie with like a sea battle and there are these shots, like there's this just amazing shot where the Jacob the hero standing as cannons are firing over his head I mean it looks like something straight out of Pirates of the Caribbean then you have another monster battle and in that same one they have that character introduction of the first mate Um, I'm trying to remember what her name is Sarah Sharp I think is her name in that Mm -hmm. where she chops off the like tentacle of one of the monsters and then fires two pistols it's just cool
1: it's so cool the action so, sequence was really well done because in, in the point where I was like, okay, like you, you kind of get to forgetting that you're actually watching an animated movie for a yes, moment. Yes.
0: Especially <laughs> those like landscape shots, the big wide shots where you can yes. just see ships. Yeah. I'll just say they look like something out of a Marvel movie because those would a hundred percent be CGI shots in those movies as well. So yeah. We have gotten to the point where even though we might be upset with how much CGI there is in movies, there is a way that they're almost blending together to where animated movies and live-action movies could be the same movie. And so you have that. Then you have a scene, we talked about the crab, where the crab and the sea beast fight each other. And it's it's this like, almost like Godzilla 2014. It's from the perspective of the humans. And you see these massive like... Kaiju monster battle going on. Then the movie ends with a sword fight. There's like a sword fight. And like this movie literally has every kind of action scene you could imagine. It's beautifully choreographed. I just, I was blown away how good it is. And as we talked about the the messaging uh, for those keeping track, I did tear up at the end of this movie. Uh, There is an amazing speech. The, the uh, actress, uh, I believe it's her name is pronounced Zaris. Angel uh hater. Uh her she plays Maisie. I have never heard of this actress before. Amazing. Would you guys agree on that? I mean, just oh, one yeah. of the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had lots of really good stuff. So I, I definitely agree that it's a little uh little slower in parts, but uh I think I think it definitely has um the potential. If you've got boys at home, uh, especially like pre teenage boys, I just gotta think this movie is gonna be their jam right up there. My girls loved it. Uh, I will say there's a I don't know Donnie did you watch this with your kids?
1: I didn't, and the only thing I think, especially for younger kids, some of the scenes are a little intense, and they are be a little, and because of the lighting of it, it could possibly create some like you know things that might be more
0: a little more scary for some more scary for some younger viewers. So
1: I would just you know kind of like keep that in mind. Is that if your kids are a little bit more. Oh, cognizant and aware of the scary right. scenes, just to be aware of it so you, you know, know what to expect. Yeah, there's nothing
0: seven to 12.
1: Seven to 12, I feel like, is this
2: movie's sweet spot. There
0: certainly is nothing that you're going to watch that you're like, oh, I hope, oh, I don't want my kids to see that. But I do think there are some kind of intense moments, like Donnie said, that might be a little frightening for young kids. I'll say there's a moment in this movie that ends up being great because it becomes thematically resonant at the end where he is trying to break a spear to say no more monster (laughs) honey and he fails to. I have not heard my girls laugh that hard in a movie. I, I I can't think maybe at home alone, but they thought that was the funniest thing that he could not break that spear. Yeah. And, uh, I looked at my wife at one point and this is just, these are like beyond the movie things as a parent. Those moments are pretty precious. Like yeah. those getting to hear your kids, like actually belly laugh about mm-hmm. something you, you, just as a parent. So hopefully your kids will like the same thing, but we really like this movie for, uh, and I think even Donnie agrees the themes in this movie are pretty powerful.
1: Yeah. I agree. Um,
0: and so they maybe have some great conversations. And the ideas behind this that we really want to hit on are: what makes a person a hero? What makes a person a villain? Uh, this movie plays a lot with the ideas of what 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 is a person makes a person a hero? What makes them a villain? And for our purposes, it gave me a chance with my kids to have a great conversation of: what does Jesus think makes a person a hero? What makes a person a hero? And how would Jesus handle villains? How would he handle our enemies? And this movie really gets into that. So we're going to really spoil a lot of the movie at this point, but I think for you as a parent, it's good for you to know this going in because you can think of ways to have this conversation. So the idea behind this movie is uh, from the very beginning, uh, we are introduced to um, a character, Jacob, uh, ooh, what's his last name? I have it here. Jacob Holland, who uh, very much uh, straight out of Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, it has been, um, uh, uh, his ship has been destroyed. He's adrift at sea, uh, and it's because a sea monster has uh, killed his whole family, killed the, the destroyed the ship. And then we cut to him being an adult. He's a monster hunter now, and monster hunting is a whole, uh, I don't know, business. It's an industry. It's how they build their empire uh, is by destroying these monsters that are destroying all the ships. And Jacob Holland is, uh, I don't know what his position is, but he, by the end of the first act, we're told he's going to become the captain of the most famous of the monster hunting ships. At the same time, we're introduced to a young girl named Maisie who uh, is living in an orphanage. Her parents were were monster hunters who were killed on kind of this, which I thought was just great, cool, mythic storytelling of like this, like we only speak about them in Whispers, a uh, ship called the Monarch. It's destroyed, her parents were on it. And it's kind of like this mythic, oh, they died this great death. In fact, Maisie says multiple times and other characters say it, the kind of like mantra of their a nation, their empire is live a great life, die a great death. And really the idea is like, do amazing things, uh, you know, go out and have these adventures and do amazing things and then die a great death. Side say, note,
2: instead of a prequel or sorry, instead of a sequel for this movie, they should make a prequel about the Monarch. I would totally watch another movie in this universe with different characters is the
0: thing. Oh. Yeah. So, so she says, uh, "Live a live a great life, die a great death." And she wants to go off and be a monster hunter like her parents. She stows away on the uh, the ship. I think it's called the Imperator. Is that right? Oh, something, like
1: Imper- something? Imperator, um, something,
0: something like that. I, I kept thinking of Imperator uh, Furiosa from uh, Max Mad Max Fury Road, uh, but. She wants to be, she stows away on their ship because they are going on one last monster hunting adventure to kind of prove that monster hunters matter because the queen... The Inevitable. The Inevitable. Oh, also, great name. Uh, But they they are going to go out because monster hunting is now kind of out of fashion with the king and queen. And while they're out on the journey, uh, Jacob Holland and Maisie end up Uh, getting swallowed by this kind of most mythic and most uh, destructive beast, which is actually the beast that destroyed the monarch. Uh, And it's this big red sea beast. They get swallowed up by it, and they actually end up finding out that uh, he was saving their life. And uh, they then come to terms with the king and queen have actually been lying. They provoked the sea beasts Um, into a kind of war. They were the original aggressors. The Sea Beasts are defending themselves and the King and Queen were using this to kind of rally the troops to kind of build their empire uh, around a common enemy. And uh, Maisie and Jacob Holland then choose, we're going to uh, kind of rebel against this and defend the Sea Beasts and try to get people to stop monster hunting. And that happens because Maisie gives this amazing speech. Now, That was a really long description. All of that is really important, though, if you haven't seen it, because the idea that we come to is, uh, what does it mean to live a great life and to die a great death? Does it mean to destroy your enemies, kill all your enemies, or does it mean something else? So, Donnie, you want to talk for a minute about why you think this movie does a good job of kind of introducing the idea of what makes a hero a hero what, how, let's just start with heroes cause you're the hero. So let's talk. What, what, how does this movie address the idea of what makes a hero, a hero?
1: I think it, it kind of, uh, introduces you to multiple, uh, variations of what a hero may look like. Um, especially like, cause you see it in, uh, like Maisie, you see it in Jacob. Um, you also see it in, um, I can't think of the character's name, but, um, we talked about uh, the two the two gun wielding. Uh, oh, Sarah Sharp. She's yeah, like Sarah a, a Sharp,
0: first mate on the ship.
1: Like yeah. they give you all these variations of heroes. Like you have the hero that kind of grows into being a hero or steps in when they have to. You have the hero that is kind of almost the un- the hero that doesn't want to be the hero but realizes they have to, and then you kind of have the other hero that is that just happens upon the circumstance kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, I think what the movie does good right at the beginning is Maisie, even though she's not uh, the central protagonist, we kind of see the world through her POV because she's not the first character we meet. Um, We, we see Jacob first and we see his kind of battle, but then Maisie is telling the kids in the, in the orphanage. She's reading from these tales of monster keepers that she finds out by the monster hunters. That she finds out at the end of the movie, all of these are lies that were made up by the king and queen mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, this is why we're doing all of this monster hunting, uh, because this is necessary to protect our kingdom and all those kind of things." And Maisie is very much like being a monster hunter is the great kind of life. You're defending the defenseless. You're doing, you know, you're doing all of this kind of stuff, uh, but it's all really centered around uh, aggression and violence and all of these kind of things. And Maisie is kind of telling the stories that I would say, even in our culture, are the kind of heroic stories we tell. Big, strong superheroes who punch and beat and destroy the bad guys, you know, or older versions, the Western, the cowboy who comes into town and kills the bad guy who's trying to to, to, to take over the town or whatever it is, you know, police movies and and Indiana Jones and all these different things, like heroes...
2: To compare it to a movie we've talked about, this movie has a very Rango quality in that it simply blurs the line between hero and villain Mm -hmm. that in a way that I think is accessible for kids to understand.
0: Well, and my kids even saw the beginning, oh, she's so cool. Sarah Sharp, right? The first Mm -hmm. mate, she's just a great like action heroine. Like she is just cool, she's witty, she's like kind of got this like uh takes takes nothing from nobody attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Just so cool. Captain Crow is cool, right? He almost dies at one point, Mm -hmm. but he comes out victorious. And like, is that what a hero is? And I think the turn, the character turn, the kind of twist of this movie that comes out is no, Maisie is a hero because Maisie kind of realized what it means to be a hero is to use my voice to stand up for the voiceless. Like these, these, sea beasts even though they can defend themselves they're being killed all the time Mm -hmm. and they can't speak so they need me to speak for them and i can speak for them and i think this movie did you think that final um speech she gave was was that was that powerful i feel like that really encapsulated everything
1: oh yeah absolutely
2: yeah it definitely for me like it brought it kind of it said what the movie had been communicating kind of um, non-verbally, like kind of just throughout the story movie had been communicating this throughout the movie. And then she just felt like I need to say this to Jacob because he's not getting it is the thing. Right. And, and that for me, like kind of is why, honestly, why I really love this movie. Cause I relate to Jacob in that, like he puts himself on this pedestal and then other really cool people that are at least people that are cool in his brain like emphasize him being on that pedestal. And then she's like, no, you need to get off that pedestal. Like right. you've been like feeding a bad system. You need to start doing the right thing. If, Cause right now you're not a hero right now. Right. You're doing villainous things. And like, it's, it's just this really great moment where like, he kind of has to have his come to Jesus moment.
1: Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Donnie. Cause they definitely have like, um like, and, and Maisie kind of introduces it across like, Throughout the movie, like she makes comments like, you can be a hero and still be wrong. Right. And like, that, just I think st- that's huge. Just little stuff like that. And it reminds us that, okay, well, hero definition can, you know, you can see it through multiple viewpoints. Because if you're on the receiving end of the hero's, you know, actions, then yes, they're a hero. But if you're like the other place, like the other, like the sea beast or whatever, that's being attacked, yeah, you're not so much the hero, but when you, so like that viewpoint changes everything.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think this movie does such a good job. Like we said, that relationship with Maisie and Jacob, I think is huge, which is she has this idea of what makes Jacob great are his, uh, what we would call heroic actions, his willingness to put himself uh, in danger to kill. Like, he's willing to go in and and kill these beasts uh, that are doing the damage. And he's willing to do these kind of actions that no one else will do. And that's what makes him a hero is how many monsters he's killed. Yeah. And I was able to kind of say to my kids, like, is that what makes you a hero? Is being willing, like, do you think what Jesus thinks makes you a, a hero is who you're willing to kill? Or is it who you're willing to lay your life down for? Is, yeah. it, is it who you're willing to stand up for? Uh, And maybe you put yours, you're still putting yourself in danger. Maisie put herself in danger, but it was a different kind of thing, Yeah, you know, and I think that's a way that we can have these kind of conversations of what makes a person a hero. And I think this movie does this. So I want to talk about this for a moment because I think it's a good moment to kind of segue to this. This movie talks a lot about the importance of the stories we tell. Mm-hmm. about our heroes because this movie is a lot about the stories that are told. In fact, kind of the big reveal that, oh, these king and queen, they've been lying to us. They were the ones who started the war with the, with the monsters. It wasn't that. It is when Maisie starts to examine the books that she had always seen and read these stories out of, oh, they all have the crest of the king and queen. Like they're behind this. And I think what this brings up that's really important is as parents, and this is something I, Feel a lot of uh, honestly, I deal with a lot in with myself for how much I love superhero movies. With my own kids, is is it helpful for my kids to get in their heads what a hero is? Is a superhero who beats up the bad guys and and protects his people by destroying other people? Yeah. And there's a way in which this movie talks about maybe we need to question the kind of stories we tell. And I think so. A conversation I want to have about that, and this comes out when Donnie's already pointed out. Maisie says they can still be a hero and be wrong. Like they were trying to do the right thing, but they were just wrong about the way they went about it. And I think it gets to this idea of even the biblical heroes we see in the Bible, uh, being able to have kind of these nuanced pictures of, um, so in the especially in the Old Testament of the Bible there are these heroes that in Hebrews 11 they're kind of named as heroes they're in the what gets called the faith hall of fame in Hebrews 11 of there's Abraham right and Moses and David and all of these people but the idea behind these people is not wow David's so great cuz he killed a giant or Moses is so great because he led the people of Israel out of uh, slavery in Egypt or Abraham's the, you know, the father of many nations, all those kind of things. The point of a lot of those stories, so you take David, who did kill a giant and who did become king and who did lead Israel into prosperity, also uh, had unwanted sexual advances on a woman. I'm saying that as politely in case you have children listening, and that may have not even been as polite as I should have said. But uh, this is a man who assaulted a woman, used his power to take advantage of Bathsheba, then killed her husband to cover it up. This And this is the man who's called a man after God's own heart. And the point of that story is not be just like David. The point of that story is even David, for how good and how much faith he had, still failed. He still he was not the one who could make things right. Jesus had to be that person. Moses killed someone. Moses took credit for things that God did which meant he couldn't enter the promised land, right? Even Moses for all his faith. He still failed. He was a hero, but he was wrong, right? Abraham had all kinds of stuff that he did. I don't want to get into every hero, but every hero in the New Testament are these people who are flawed, they fail. They make mistakes and being able to say to our kids, and this is the point of Hebrews 11, what made them a hero was not that they lived a great life and died a great death. It wasn't all the things they accomplished. It was the fact that they trusted God and it was credited to them as a righteousness. It was the fact that David, despite all of his failures and the horrific things that he did, even David, God could use because David trusted God. How can we have those kind of conversations in a way with our kids about this idea of what makes you a hero is not even what you do, it's how you trust in God. So I, I just want to open that. How how do we have those kind of conversations?
2: Go ahead, Sol. Yeah. I mean, I think like the biggest thing, like you were comparing you you brought up a lot of biblical characters. I feel like Jacob is very similar, honestly, to Peter in that, you know, Peter is a very Yeah, un- Peter's a great person. example. Yeah. because and, and then like you know Jacob and Peter both come into contact with this person who is going to change their life and it takes a moment where they are basically they they have to basically be explicitly told you are not capable of fixing this problem okay only only like I am okay Maisie has to be like you are part of the problem you are like you, you have to decide which side you're going to be on because You can no longer say that you're just a hero making mistakes now. If you continue down this path, you're going to be the villain because you know it. And there's it's what makes like I I didn't tear up watching it. I wouldn't be shocked if after this conversation, if I if I watch this movie again, which I certainly will, I wouldn't be shocked if I end up tearing up at it just because like it's such a like I I brought up the phrase this come to Jesus moment is a thing, and and I think it's it's an easy conversation you can have with your kids about it's okay to change your mind on something. Like Mm -hmm. right, growing up, I, I had my, and my parents did not do this. I I learned it from something else. I don't know what, but like growing up, I had this misconception that like, if I thought something, I, I was sticking to that. And like, that was the worst thing for me. Like you need to, your kids need to be Flexible. They need to be okay, and they need to know that finding out that you were wrong is almost a good thing. Like finding out that you're wrong, it's it's absolutely a good thing. Yeah, finding out that you're wrong is an opportunity to get better. Is the thing. And well, and I uh,
0: think that's the point of these biblical characters. You take you take David, and one of the greatest um, pieces of literature we have about confession. And forgiveness is Psalm 51, where David, after all of this happens with Bathsheba, he says, have mercy on me, God, according to your unfailing love, nothing that I did, everything that you do. And he and he says, against you, I have sinned. I know. And he talks at one point about you've, it's, I, the guilt I feel. It's like you've broken my bones. Mm-hmm. And he goes, but help me to rejoice again, that seeing my failures allows me to come closer to God. And that's what I love about that phrase of, they can be a hero and still be wrong, is this idea of being able to say to our kids, you're going to mess up. And I think it's either John Ortberg or Andy Staley. I've heard both of them say it, so I don't know who said it first, but uh, the moment you admit you're wrong, you stop being wrong. Because the truth is, that's why when you say it's sometimes a blessing, it's always a blessing when I find out I'm wrong. Because when I was wrong and I didn't know it, I was wrong. Yeah. And I was in the wrong. But the moment I say, hey, I was wrong about that. I thought that was right. And I was wrong. Or I knew it was wrong. And I was just pretending like it wasn't. The moment I say to God and other people, I'm wrong. I was wrong. I'm not wrong anymore. I'm right. Because I'm right about being wrong. You know what I mean? Like, and I try to get my kids to do that all the time is when we make them apologize, we say, and you have to say, I was wrong. Because that's not a scary thing to say, and a hero can still be wrong. And I think that's huge. And that's the point of biblical heroes is the point of the Bible is not you can live a great life and die a great death. The point of the Bible is you can live a great life because Jesus died a great death.
1: Yeah, because I was thinking... That,
0: by the way, can preach. I'm just going to say yeah. that. I that, made that up preach. on the spot. <laughs> that'll that'll preach. preach right there. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead, Don.
1: But I was thinking, too, is um, a big part of kind of like going with you all were saying is that is the ability to, to hold ourselves accountable when we are wrong, because the the accountability is such a big part of it, because a lot of times when you make that mistake, it's that that unwavering feeling to go... I have to deny that I'm wrong to save face.
0: Yes. And well, because I'm and I think that's what I heard Andy Stanley say, you need to care more about being wrong than being told you were wrong yeah. or admitting you're wrong. Some of us don't ever want to admit we're wrong because we think that everyone will know I'm wrong, but everyone already knows you're wrong. You're just pretending like you're not.
1: Yeah. And it just builds it, it builds so much character to be accountable to others. Answer yourself yeah. and what the actions and things that you do. Like it's very easy to go, "Hey, I'm the I'm the hero in this story." If I'm writing the book, but if I say, "Hey, I'm going to let somebody else write my book," and that means the people that experience life with me now, yes. they're going to be able to hold me accountable. It's like the difference between writing your own biography versus having someone else write it. Now you're telling the story and you're incorporating everything, all the yes. viewpoints and all the parts the good, the bad, the indifferent, you know, and the sooner that we can remind our kids that being wrong is not the worst part of it. Being wrong is just a part of life and learning how to do better at it.
0: Well, and trying to help our kids realize everyone's wrong. Exactly. Everyone other than Jesus is wrong at some point. We're all wrong. And the point of the heroes of the Bible, and that's why I keep going back to this Bible is because I just see so many people going, be like David. That's yeah. not the point of those stories. Be like Moses. No, that's not the point of the story. The only thing you should do like Moses and David is have faith, yeah. is, is trust that God is right. David did not kill Goliath. Yeah. God God was the one who empowered that whole situation. That's yeah. the whole point of that story. It's not God. David gives credit to God. God, this is the whole point of all of these stories. God is the one who's at work in all of these things. And I think all of those things are really important for us to hold in our mind is, uh. You know, the story is about being a person who can have faith. And that is the blessing of the Christian faith over other faiths, at least that I'm aware of, is that we are we can hold at the same time we, can, we are both saint and sinner. Mm-hmm. That I am a person who is in need of Jesus Christ's grace, and through Jesus I am made perfect and whole and righteous. But that's not because of anything I did. That's not because I lived a great life. And Jesus is empowering me to go out. Now, I know we're running low on time, so there are a bunch of other themes that I think are really good in this movie, but we've covered on other podcasts. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, the podcast we've done on that, does a great one about how do you make friends out of enemies? And I think we talked a lot in there, so you can go back and listen to that. But this movie does a good job of that, of what would Jesus do with the villains? He'd love them.
1: Yeah.
0: What would Jesus do with the enemies? Is he going out there to kill his enemies? No, he's going out there to forgive them and to love them. And we got to have that conversation. Uh, I had a great conversation with my kids where I just said, what does it take to be a hero? You know, this movie says being a hero is being tough, being willing to do the, the thing that, you know, no one else is willing to do to be able to destroy your enemies. That makes you a hero, the one who has the most power and strength. And they said being a hero is being kind. And like Maisie, Maisie stood up for for people who were picked on right people who were defenseless and you know uh it's being honest and willing to say you're wrong these are all things they were able to say in our conversation i think that's a great conversation to have with your kids is being a hero is looking like jesus there's one great scene i want to talk about just for a moment and then i'll let you guys kind of wrap up with anything y'all have but there's a moment that's just really great and kind of encapsulates all this about the way of Jesus being so gentle uh, and not being a, a thing of forcing your way. Uh, when they're kind of riding back to the castle and uh, Jacob wants to steer the uh, steer the red beast, he keeps just going, move, go. Like he's kind of yelling at him and commanding. And Maisie has such a gentle approach. She gets down in front of him and just kind of goes, no, you just go like this. And it's just like this very gentle, like, could you please, maybe, Go this direction.
2: Yeah.
0: And it really is this way of Jacob thinks what being a hero is is having enough power to make what you want to have happen happen. And then he comes up against a sea beast that he can't control. And Maisie goes, you know what real power is? It's just being friends. It's having a conversation. It's trying to influence, not control. And it. it's just this beautiful moment in the movie. And it's pretty funny watching watching it happen. So Sawyer, Donnie, any moments in this movie that you just think are are great for parents and kids even if it's just kind of funny moments fun moments anything i mean
2: yeah you you talked about it earlier the action sequences these might be i I mentioned spider-man into the spider-verse this this movie gives that movie a run for its money in terms of animated action sequences like i agree like like it was so fun and like weird like honestly like weirdly like visceral and like, you yeah. can almost like feel the vibrations of like a gunshot doing when, yeah. when she's like dual wielding pistols in that, in that battle scene, so it cool.
0: is so cool. Well, but then even that, and this one I think is the power of the, of the movie, not to get us. It is cool. But then when you watch it the second time with that exactly. in your mind, it kind of makes you, it kind of makes you it go, kind of why gross. do I think this is cool?
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Why do I think it's cool to watch them in this case? Killing a creature that they personally like attacked, like, they, like they're terrorizing this thing. Yes, like they've come into their waters and like they've gone in their home, knocked over their stuff. Like, why are you mad, bro? Why are you like, mad, bro?
2: <laughs> like, straight up, the movie sets you up to just be totally cheering for like super villains yes. for the first like twenty minutes yeah. of the movie.
0: Well, and I think it's just more complex than that because it doesn't mean that Sarah Sharp, the dual, that yeah. she's a villain because she's a hero. But she was yeah. just wrong. She thought exactly. she was doing what she thought. And it really puts kind of these forces beyond their control, which we could get into that about we don't yeah. fight against flesh and blood. We fight against powers and principalities, that there are forces at work that are great, that are beyond us, that are influencing us. We don't have time for that. Donnie, anything that you want to uh, kind of hit on from this movie that you just think are great moments?
1: I mean, I think, like I, I think I said this earlier, but I mean, the speech that Maisie gives, like, I think it's just, it's very powerful. Um, It is. It's a reminder that, you know, sometimes, like, you know, what are they? What's that phrase out of the mouth of babes? Like a yeah, that's right. From the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the idea of, you know, it's not always where you expect the source to come from for the most powerful words to be spoken.
0: Well, and I think that's huge. And even being able to say to our kids, that's a point that we didn't hit, but I think it's great is like you said, Donnie, Maisie's the youngest person. She's the one who no one would ever listen to, right? She has no power, yet she's the one who saves the day. She's the hero because she's willing to do the right thing. And that is a kingdom of God thing. That it will be, that Jesus makes it, it will be among the poor and the powerless. It will be among those who don't have uh, privilege and don't have wealth and don't have the the government office or whatever the thing is to be able to change. It won't be from the top down that the world changes. It will be from people who are willing to take the path of selfless, self-giving love and being able to tell our kids, Like Paul says to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. If you know something is wrong, speak out. If you know something is right, do that thing. Uh, And I think this movie has a great opportunity to do that. Uh, So we hope you guys have great conversations with your kids about this movie and that you help lead them uh, towards loving Jesus and his way of life even more. We'll see you guys next time.